All right, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Matt's Book Club, where I am just giving my thoughts and review on books that I have just finished reading or have read before. I'm just giving you an idea of what they're about and why you should read them. So today, my goodness, everybody, we have Flowers for Algernon. Now, I never read this in high school. I don't know why my teachers never put this on like a reading list or made us write about it in class. I'd never heard about it. Well, I'd heard about it, but I, I didn't decide to read it until recently. And I finished it in about three days because that's how much of a page turner this is. It's not even page turner in the, in the context of like a thriller, but my goodness, is this book good. And it is gut-wrenchingly sad at the same time. It's very, not depressing, but by the end of it, you just kind of feel your heart has been ripped out of your chest. And that's also credit to Daniel Keyes, who is the author. So essentially, in Flowers for Algernon, <clears throat> there is an experiment going on in which these doctors take the character, the main character, Charlie Gordon, and who is uh, mentally, he has a low IQ. He's considered, you know, a moron. Um, in medical terms, he has like an IQ of 68 or something like that, so really low IQ. Um, and they put him in this, they give him this surgery or this operation, which increases his intelligence tenfold, like he becomes a genius. Um, but first, you know, they test it on a rat, and they, they study the rat, whose name is Algernon, and then they test him enough and make sure that it's safe for humans, and then they end up doing the same thing to Charlie. Charlie goes from a... Uh, you know, a moron, a low IQ person to a genius in the span of days and weeks. And it's kind of this journey about him finally being able to access his memories, look back on things as they actually happened as and not how he interpreted them when he was, uh, I guess, mentally, I don't want to say the R word, but you know what I mean, mentally slow. Um, and it's kind of, the book is a journey of him coming to the realization that, you know, maybe back in the day when he was a kid, people who were laughing with him were actually laughing at him. And, you know, people who he thought were friends weren't necessarily behaving in the most friendly ways that he thought they were. And it's kind of embarrassing to look back now as a normal person and think about, you know, you were laughing with the people who were laughing at you. Um he gains all this intelligence but he's still very emotionally a child you know his intelligence changes but not his emotional intelligence he's still very much a child he sees a lot of the world still through the eyes of the child just with the knowledge of a genius so he's very intelligent however he cannot you know solve the most basic real world problems you know um, his his brain holds a staggering amount of information about the world, but not about love or what it means to be, you know, a regular person or how to solve trivial trivial problems and you know, not the highly intelligent stuff that he's used to computing and calculus and all this stuff. So you know, it's like his knowledge of history or math and science. Um, makes him successful and famous because the experiment seems to be working but it doesn't teach him you know right from wrong 
or it doesn't help him take the action to do the right thing and know what doing the right thing means. You know, he's very logical. There's no, it's either black or white. There's no gray in his mind. And that is partly because of the experiment and the intelligence that he has now been gifted with. And throughout the book, he kind of has these battles of like, when I was before the operation, you know, I was uh, not stupid, but I was, you know, mentally slow. And, you know, I was happy working at the bakery, sweeping the floor and cleaning the toilets. Now I realize that's not like, you know, the best job. Like I could have, I could do a bunch bunch of other stuff and do all these things, but nobody really knows. He's the only person that's ever gone through this. So it's not like he can talk to somebody and, and ask, how did you deal with this? How did you deal with these thoughts and feelings that come with now being smart after, after being, you know, a, um, medically speaking a moron for your whole life up to this point the only person who really knows what he's going through is Algernon the the mouse or the rat um so there's a connection between them those two there um there's a lot of different themes in this book that are very important you know it's like one of the main ones is the difference between intelligence and wisdom and does one feed into the other because when Charlie is not as intelligent, he has, you know, this sense of wisdom. He knows how to treat people with respect or how to talk to people or, or he knows how about how different things work in their relationships with each other. And he can sympathize with people um, and he even feels compassion, um, like for Algernon. Even though everybody just treats Algernon like a test subject, he's treating him like a mouse, like a friend, you know. Um, and then Charlie, after the operation, realizes that they're treating him the same way they treated Algernon. Not like a person, not like a human being. They're treating him like test subject number one. And he's having a hard time dealing with that because he's saying, hey, I was a person before this and I'm still a person now. Just because I'm smart now does not discount the fact that I was alive and had a life before you guys made me smart. So he comes to resent these doctors in a way because now he's smart. He can see the other side of it. He knows he's smarter than them. And he's like, why are you guys treating me this way? I'm smarter than you are. Coming from a place of like, not ignorance, but uh, arrogance in the fact that, you know, now that he's smart, he doesn't understand that just because people are doctors and scientists, they're not, per they're not all knowing, you know, uh, scientists and doctors are still learning They're, they still get stuff wrong but he that's the part of the you know real world type of problem solving that he doesn't understand it's, it's that's part of the gray that he just can't see and it's reading it is frustrating because he, it's so simple yet he cannot even quantify it or think think of that type of stuff in his mind until other people may point it out to him and he still is kind of frustrated by the fact that other people are not kind of choosing his side in a way there are um and one thing that's kind of common throughout the book for charlie um, whether it be pre-operation or post-operation is the sense of alienation and loneliness you know when he has this low iq and nobody cares about him really you know nobody thinks about him as a regular person he's lonely he feels alienated because he's not like everybody else and he's smart enough to not be in you know like a mental institution but he's not treated fairly or equally like everybody else. And then even when he becomes very intelligent after the operation, he's still alienated in 
and lonely because nobody knows what he's going through and these people are treating him as a test subject and not a human being like i said earlier so it's kind of how he deals with being lonely and not being able to form connections because whenever he tries to form a connection with somebody he feels his old younger self watching him and constantly kind of stalking him and it makes him nervous to build these relationships because the old charlie does not know what that means or what is going on um and he starts to have these visions of himself watching his younger self watching him from like a third perspective and he's aware that his younger self is watching him he doesn't know why but it's unnerving and it's keeping him from loving somebody or feeling the touch of a woman etc etc then towards the end of the book um, he starts to take his experiment into his own hands you know he's because he kind of doesn't trust the doctors that are running the experiment he says you know what let me be the one to kind of figure out what's going on here because he is a genius now and so he's studying Algernon and himself and he's running tests and he realized that Algernon's motor skills and problem solving are rapidly deteriorating he's not as smart as he once was he's not solving these mazes or these um tricks that they used to have him do and he's just kind of running around like a mad mouse you know and charlie's like hmm um it kind of raises his antennas and he ends up realizing that the same thing is going to happen to him um because it's the same operation um so now at that point in the book and for charlie you're kind of realizing and he's realizing I don't know how much time I have left as a quote-unquote normal person with normal intelligence. Um, I don't know when my awareness of all these memories and dreams and past relationships is going to end and I'm going to be right back to where I was before the relationship as, you know, a slow person, as a uh, person with special needs. And he gets nervous you know he's like let me i'm just gonna keep trying to read i'm gonna keep writing my progress report so i don't forget because a big part of the book is him forgetting or remembering things you know when he is charlie before the operation he has a hard time remembering things but post-operation when he's able to dream and, and have all write these progress reports he starts remembering more and more of his past so he wants to read and keep writing so he'll never forget once he does you know kind of eventually end up back to normal how he was before the operation and it's really saddening to go on that journey with him and see that he is he is one of the smartest people in the world he is considered normal but he doesn't really feel happy or as happy as he thought he might be with all this knowledge you know it's not the grass wasn't necessarily greener on the other side because at least before the operation he could connect with people he could laugh with his friends um he he had relationships with people now he feels even more lonely than he did beforehand you know because he can't relate to anybody and he doesn't understand the way that the world works because he just has this sudden wealth of knowledge but it doesn't necessarily help him know how to live or how to be a better person you know and one of the cool things about the way the book is written is through charlie's perspective through his progress reports or conversations with other people and before the operation you know he's misspelling a lot of words 
um, he doesn't spell the words right, he doesn't use punctuation. Um, Post-operation, he ends up writing correctly using punctuation, it's very normally written. And then towards the end of the book, when his intelligence starts to come back down because of the operation, you start to see those misspelled words, you start to see the lack of punctuation. and it's only really until the last four or five pages that you notice that because it happens so quickly. And that's kind of, as soon as I got to those pages, I like my heart dropped and I just started crying. Cause I'm like, you, you were on this journey with him and you realize what's happening. And he went on this whole journey and he found out all these things about the world and about himself. And he still doesn't feel like it m mattered in a way. He still doesn't feel like he's any better off because of it. And now he remembers having done all these great things and being this great person, intelligence-wise, helping move medicine and science forward. And now he's right back to where he was. And he's not scared, but you know, I'm, in a way he's scared, but it's, it's frustrating to know that he'll never... He's kind of taking this to his grave and nobody's ever going to know because he's just going to go right back to being the special needs person that people are taking extra care of or that wets himself when he gets nervous and towards the end of the book you know he ends up admitting himself back into the mental institution that his mom put him in when he was a kid and because he just wants to forget about everything that he had done or people that he had met because he is slowly going to forget them anyway and he doesn't want to put himself back out there in their lives because they have seen the transition from him being uh, you know, low IQ to high IQ back down to low IQ. And it's really sad because he is forcibly alienating himself now after being alienated, you know, kind of due to unfortunate circumstances when he was smart. And it's really, I'm not able to get all these thoughts out. Like there's tons of stuff that I'm probably missing that if you guys have read it or are going to read it, that you're going to find out. You know, I can't think of everything right now just because it's so fresh in my mind. Uh, once I finish recording this, I'll probably think of like 50 other things that I should have said. But anyway, a few of the quotes that I really like from the book that I noted down. Um, he says, Let me solve this one problem. I pray to God it is the answer I want. But if not, I will accept any answer at all and try to be grateful for what I had. This is kind of when he's coming to realize that he is not all the answers he's looking for he's not going to find he understands that but he's slowly becoming he's slowly realizing that he needs to be grateful and appreciative for this journey that he's been on in the place that he's finally in even though he's not necessarily where he wants to be and i think a lot of people can relate to that as well um he also says don't misunderstand me intelligence is one of the greatest human gifts but all too often a search for knowledge drives out the search for love and in this book, a lot of this book is him trying to build a relationship with a woman that he feels that he is in love with, but he doesn't know how to love somebody because that's one of those emotionally intelligent skills that he is lacking. He has the intelligence, just not the emotional intelligence. So it's a struggle and it's hard for him and he doesn't really build this relationship or get to its apex until the very end of the book. And now he's realizing it's kind of too late and he doesn't have enough time to continue that relationship. And that's kind of what that sentiment echoes um, another one let me get it up here he says how strange it is that people of honest feelings and sensibility who would not take advantage of a man born without arms or legs or eyes 
how such people think nothing of abusing a man with low intelligence. Now, because of the themes of alienation and loneliness, there are certain instances in this book where he remembers being bullied or picked on, whether as a child or now as a young adult. And I think that's something that is still true to this day. I think a lot of times, you know, we are more accepting as a society of including people who are blind or deaf or mute and people with those limitations, but people with low IQs who are, you know, mentally slow, special needs, they are kind of oftentimes left by the wayside or made fun of. You know, blind people aren't made fun of for being blind. Deaf people aren't made fun of for being deaf, but people with low IQ, low intelligence are often ridiculed and teased. And, you know, it's a, it's a great sentiment because it makes a great point. You know, why are these people treated differently just because of a mental limitation, nothing physical? Um, then this quote really stuck with me, this last one. So this is how a person can come to despise himself, knowing he's doing the wrong thing and not being able to stop. Now, Charlie knows because he is so intelligent, he knows that he is being arrogant and kind of being an asshole to certain people because of his intelligence and he's looking down on them and he knows it's wrong. He knows he's not solving the thing that he wanted to solve in the first place, but he's not able to stop because he is who he is and he can't figure out, he can't find the answer to stop or solve what he needs to solve. And that ends up creating more problems for him. And that what's make that's that is what makes it more frustrating for him, because he knows he's doing something wrong. He just cannot find the answers to solve it or find out why he's doing it. And that is one of the most frustrating things as well. You know, it's this book is so good for so many different reasons. It's such a sad book when you think about it. But man, I can't. I can't say enough about this book and it's even to the very end you know the last line is well I'm, I won't oh yeah I'll say the last line p.s. please if you get a chance put some flowers on Algernon's grave in the backyard till the very end you know he does not remember these relationships with his family or with co-workers or he doesn't remember them very well but the one thing that he remembers enough and he cares about enough and has a relationship with is Algernon because Algernon is the only other thing that went through what he went through. And he knows if it was difficult for him, it was just as difficult for Algernon to lose his motor skills and his intelligence and become, you know, come back down to where he was and eventually die. So he knows how hard that is and how hard it was for Algernon. And he's still telling his teacher, please leave some flowers for him. You know, it's not tell my family I love them or check in, on, check in on my sister or my mom, he's saying, leave some flowers for my homie Algernon. And that just like ripped me, like ripped my heart out because to the very end, he cared about the only other thing that knew what he was going through. Um, I kind of feel like I was rambling for most of this and I know I've missed a lot of themes or important things in this book, um, so don't kill me. Um, but if you've read it, or if you're going to read it, you will find out about it. And you'll probably find new things that I didn't talk about or that I forgot about to love about it. This is just such a good book. Obviously, if I'm reviewing it, I feel like you should read it. I'm not going to give it a rating. Um, but just based on how I'm talking about it, you guys can imagine what rating I would give it. Um, but yeah, Flowers for Algernon by Daniel Keyes. Please 
go pick it up, go rent it, go to the what bookstore, book li library. God, I was gonna say book bookberry. Please go pick it up and read it. I think you guys would really love it. So thank you again for joining me on another episode of Matt's Book Club. I will catch you guys next time.